Schaefer. Schaefer, can you hear me over the crickets? Side to record podcasts once summer starts. We uh, we're discussing the matter. Maybe get back at us and let us know after you listen to this episode 133. If I am not mistaken, of one magical hour, a Matthew and Schaefer podcast spectacular. We are going to. Uh, you guys saw a yield workshop on the show list today, so get excited about that. I know you will. We're going to chat with an old friend. You know him, you love him, he's from Cleveland. I'll uh, I'll leave the clues at that, and so it can be a surprise for you. And uh, and we'll have a poetry corner, of course, too. I've also got some exciting news to tell you in the poetry, cate- poetry category. But first, let's chat with the off-kilter cowboy. He's a friend of the Shoeless Piper. No one watches Disney Plus, like this guy right here, Matthew Rampy. Oh, podcast, podcast. Oh, Shafi, we got to talk now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Say podcast, podcast. Oh, Shafi, this is the edited version. I'm in <laughs> yeah, the yeah, basement. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm eating suck. I'm out. I walk and I went sideways. <laughs> Are those the lyrics? I like from the dirty version. <laughs> I like how the uh, the New Yorker article talked about how you could just put any words in there, and I started doing that the other day. I got out my guitar and started playing it, and just made up a bunch of different words. I was just tipping my hat to our discussion about Louis Louis, of course, but I didn't. I don't want to make uh, Jameson's mom turn off the cast. <laughs> no. Straight yeah, away. just immediately turn off the cast. Go, yeah. Oh, that deeply offensive song. Jackie, Jackie sorry about that. <laughs> um, episode 133, indeed. Can you believe it? I can hardly believe it. At some point, we're going to have to start believing it. Every week we say we can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> eventually we'd... we'd uh, I feel we'd like at 150, out. I'm going to get used to it. You're going to believe it? I wasn't sure how many it would take. <laughs> but it's looking like 150 to me. And then there will be those milestones. Yeah. You know, where I'll feign incredulity <laughs> again. <laughs> well, folks, uh, tonight we're joined by a chorus of insects who will um, be here long after we're gone. <laughs> don't don't fear climate change, folks. It's not It's not the end of the world. Just the end of humans. Yeah. These guys, they're going to be fine and dandy. They'll prosper indeed, I'm sure, on the other side. It's really an insect's world. We're just living in it. I wonder if there's a special filter in Adobe Audition that's going to help me with this. The cricket filter. 
I bet there is, actually. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. If get at us, uh, I'll, I'll cut it again. And, and <laughs> If it's unbearable. Well, Shafe, it sure is fun uh, to be in this what I would call, and I may this be uh, this is probably a misnomer, and it's probably too soon. But here in the afteration of the pandemic, it sure is nice to get out there and do some indoor dining and see some people and go to uh, large gatherings, maskless. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I, we we went to a restaurant for the first time, really. Uh, and sat inside for it was for our anniversary too. congratulations this week thanks and um, yeah it's it's strange how really regular things like that can now somehow feel strange after this time but again I'm calling it the afteration which is if you remember is from our show uh, it's it's what it will be called after the pandemic is that a is that Alex is that Alex's word? I think I came up with it. I you think, came up yeah, with Alex. the afteration. Okay. He he prompted it. Right. He wanted some sniglets and he was like yeah. he was like, give me a word for this. There was Which the is before a game times we could, and the afteration. And we, we may indeed call Alex on the telephone later in the show, right? Yes indeed. Okay. So maybe he can prompt a new word. Which is what the word I want him to prompt is What's the word for when you think the pandemic's done, but it's not done? Or what's the word the for false a- the false afteration? Kind of like when you think the cricket has stopped buzzing and then it keeps buzzing. What's weird is like that one right over there. There's still the la- that guy is alive. <laughs> still going, but I I thought that there. once we started talking and we got into a real human cadence of making sounds that. They might back off a little bit. Also, I was only half right. I was wondering if it would coordinate with the sun actually fully setting. Mm. You know, did they get loud at dusk? I think they do. Yeah. Okay. Then... Okay. Well, maybe we gotta wait till late. So tonight, we got some. We got a lot of weird stuff here. Not just the plane overhead and the crickets. We we've got uh, the day of the week. We were in a real rhythm. On Tuesday nights, and on Tuesday nights between 8.37 and 8.43, the guy in the truck with the with the, the train track wheels would come by. Yeah, I don't imagine we're going to see him tonight. We're not going to see him. Well, the train just passed. Commuter rail runs later, so tonight yeah. we're Tonight, it's a Friday fiesta. He's back. He's, he's back. He's <laughs> like a heckler. It's going to be interesting to see uh, you know how yeah. the energy is different tonight and... Uh, well, it definitely doesn't feel like just two buddies on a, sitting on a porch talking. This feels like uh, two aspiring podcasters it does doing have a, a live show does have with a, a hostile a more special, crowd. A more special feeling. <laughs> yeah. And maybe that's, uh, yeah, this sonic assault that's going on. <laughs> Is this going to be like the... Is this going to be like the truck, or the, is the audience not even going to be able to hear it? No. You said you noticed it on last last week's show. I did hear them last week, but nothing like this. And if we don't talk, the meter is pegging out <laughs> yeah. 
in the yellow. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I think it's going to be nigh unlistenable. So <laughs> it's a throwaway episode. People so are going to listen for the first 15 minutes. They're going to be like, oh. We can say whatever we want. If we don't lose them entire t- entirely, <laughs> they might tune in for the next episode. <laughs> well, the ones who can handle the crickets, we're about to get real weird because this is a throwaway episode. It's, and it's a Friday. <laughs> and I'm all out of Russian vodka. Oh, no. So I'm drinking tequila. That's cool. Oh. It's okay. Oh, I love tequila nights. Well, it's Friday. There was a long time when Terry Anders and I, anytime her and I would go out together, it was, it was always te- tequila. And uh, Tequila gets you in a particular mood. It really does. I usually don't engage in the podcast with tequila. The other... Uh, but fuck it. I mean, there's these crickets. And <laughs> it's Friday night. It's Friday night. Jose Cuervo, you are a friend of mine. What are, what are you actually drinking? Uh, I I have been on the Tres Generaciones, Trace Gen, yeah. we call it at Trudy's. Is it's that tr- is that a sub label of a different brand that we know, or is it is that all its own thing? Um, it may be, it may be a sub brand of one of the of the brands we know. Oh, Jose Cuervo, all three generations, we're drinking you, oh no. Oh, it's a salsa. It's in the salsa house. Yeah, I I think I knew that. Okay, my bad. Well, shoot, I like this one a lot. Oh, salsa's perfectly accepted. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's the reposado. We'd have to talk to to my friend Bobby about that. Uh... Maybe I, maybe I just really love the bottle. You know, some tequila companies really mistreat the environment down there, and you really should boycott them. But I can never remember which ones. You know what? Are I the good ones and what, which ones aren't. What blows my mind about tequila is that to be called tequila, it has to be grown in this region. Yeah. Right. This, like, pretty small region of the world. Like, all the tequila in the world comes from right there on the map. Yeah. Uh, go to Wikipedia and look look at the dark green. Two states. Blue, two states. Blue agave. And, and that, that region makes enough tequila for the world. It tries to. And, it's, and they do is it. Is that at, right? They, they do it do at they great struggle? expense to their... Well, is it... Is it it's easy to acquire in Texas, but it's harder in Japan to get a bottle of tequila. I would imagine that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And when I, my understanding is when they don't, don't tell me about how tequila is destroying the environment because it's like everything I love. (laughs) I I love canned salmon. I love single serve straws. I love fossil fuel vehicles. However, Matthew, there are, you can just, if you're just, Conscious about it. It's one Google search away. Uh, well, just tell me about it on the podcast. Don't make me. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me go back on the internet. I'm back. I'm back on the webnets again. The oh, excuse me, the interwebnets. Do you remember when you used to have to ask me to vamp? 
And now I just know when. <laughs> no one to vamp. That's probably when I pick up my phone. <laughs> All right. Mike.com, M-I-C.com, seven sustainable socially conscious tequila tequilas. Okay. Now, I'm guys, I don't know anything at all about Mike.com. So, is that M I C K to the D? M I C dot C O M. Cinco de Mayo is upon us, and as much as bro types have interpreted it as a free pass to wear some pros and get wasted on Takane, that's, that's my birthday. The holiday. Oh, yeah, Cinco de Matthew. It was actually originally a celebration of resistance to European colonization. The irony is that a holiday commemorating victory over the colonizers has become grossly whitewashed. Mm. <laughs> okay. Like everything else. Oh, jeez. Um, this is the Shatter Your Dreams episode. Okay, I'm just going give to you, give you some names here, just so in the future... Grand Patron. Oh, these are all super expensive. Uh, I, that's what I knew it. Mijenta. Flecha Azul. Oh, that Plata. Yeah. This is this is about in the uh, Tequila Ocho. Tequila Ocho. They're in the they're in the fifty dollar range, which okay. We're grown ups now. We can spend fifty dollars on tequila. Yeah. Uh, Casa Noble comes in at forty six dollars. Okay. Uh, Altos. Oh, Altos, really? Twenty-seven dollars. There yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. But but now, what's the category again? These are tequilas that aren't completely environmentally and socially conscious uh, tequila companies. Uh, what is it about the process that? Well, my understanding is that the uh, when they harvest those agave hearts. They just, that's it for the plant, right? It's not, it's not like the plant grows another one. Mm. So you have to lay waste to a whole field and then you got to plant another round of agave, you know, and so this, this is really hard on the soil, you same know. Monocrop, yeah. monocropping, yeah. Same problem it, we have with corn in this country. In addition to water consumption, energy consumption, so, uh, yeah, like Alto, very reasonably priced. Uh, they measure each step of their production process and eye to minimizing energy and water consumption. Uh, works with its suppliers to guarantee fair for wages and partners with uh, the communities down there to boost uh, family income and improve their access access to water, housing, and medical assistance. So yeah, good good thing. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can just find more information about the. I don't see anything here about why specifically it's bad for the environment. I'll I'll research um, that. Uh, I'll research that and and get back to you. But for for now, sounds like there's uh well at least a couple options. It felt like a party vibe until then. <laughs> all right. Until that no, you, you bought it. Keep drinking it. It's okay. Fine. All right. All right. Just bear it in mind in the future. This, okay. But this is like um, this is like the single serving straws. Something tells me that for me, foregoing single serving straws is not making much of a dent here. You know, it's some bigger picture stuff that needs to be worked on. Yeah, but like if we support the 
companies that are at least trying. And... Uh, oh, no. And absolutely looking for companies that are doing the right thing. It's... Um... And like I say, who knows? Maybe they paid Mike.com $5,000 to put them on that list. You know, who knows? Everybody knows that Mike.com can be bought and sold <laughs> at the drop of a hat. <laughs> Everybody knows. Mike.com. Um, so I just wanted to... Um, let you know that I did go listen to Windmills of Your Mind. Oh, nice. And that is by Sting. You you were kind of on the fence whether that was you, you're being assaulted by yeah. Ju- June bugs in March. Was that just a June bug? Uh, it was something like that. Um, you were on the fence as to whether that was Sting or Cheryl Crow. Yeah. I think it's just Sting. Sting did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, great song. I've never seen the Thomas Crown Affair. It's really not. It's kind of a cheesy movie. Yeah, okay. But kind of fun and cheesy. Should I seek it out? I can get a DVD from the library. I would definitely do the Steve McQueen one, not the remake. Okay. If you do. Okay. Oh, and you've... Were you aware of the Steve McQueen version before yeah. the newer movie? Okay. Yeah. You're a movie buff. Yeah. Right. And particularly... I had my Steve Steve McQueen period. You I, did, you know. Okay. A lot of men have. I'm, I must. Mine must be in the future. You know, well, you've got uh, something to look forward to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I didn't really have a Steve McQueen period. He's, I know. I'm. A, I know who he is. He's a cool, cool guy. That, yeah. It's the train. It's not the truck. Might be the truck. You never know. I think the train is still running. It's I th- not. I think on the weekends the train runs pretty late. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. the The truck is the truck is like the last guy. He's like just making sure all the trains got in at the end of the day. It's Pavlovian. I hear I the. Think. I hear the ding of that crosswalk. I get get excited. Possibility of mine. It's unfortunate because I won't be able to listen to this episode because of the crickets. I, I think mm-hmm. that some of our diehard fans will go ahead and listen to it. Yeah. But I won't. I'm going to listen to it. You know why? Because this is a great episode we're recording. So right far, here. it's it's excellent. Yeah. But it's dr- it's drowned out. <laughs> this is like America right now where there are a lot of people who are intelligent, having uh, deep discourse, and they're just totally drowned out by the... Uh, by the majority, by by the crazy majority, um, but hey, th- this that's time immemorial. I don't know. We'll see if any of it made it into the drop today at the beginning of the show. But before the show, we were talking about you know crickets reminded me of those those Becky Chambers books, guys. If you want some really fun, really, really, uh, really heartwarming, positive science fiction, uh. Post Singularian Techno Optimist Science Fiction. <laughs> I was looking for that. Uh, but Becky Chambers writes some great stuff, uh, including in her the first book in this series about this uh, young human who befriends a, 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 a an awakened robot. Uh, oh, it's called the Monk and Robot series. The first book, I just finished the first book. It's really good. And the second one is just about to be released. 
Uh, I like Becky Chambers because, like me, she likes long titles. She's 37. Good books, huh? Yeah. That's great. It That hardens me. Hardens me. That's not a <laughs> word or a turn of phrase. I'm stoked to hear that there are young people writing science fiction. Yeah. I, I love thought, those, I yeah, those titles. Gonna, I thought it was Long gonna... Way to a Small Angry Planet. A closed in comet orbit. Record of a spaceborne few. Record of spaceborne few. I think that's the one that takes place all on the arc. Uh, and the galaxy on the ground within is a really good one where uh, four four different kinds of aliens uh, or four different you know people from different worlds. We got to get Becky Chambers on the podcast. We should. We should try. It seems like she might be up for it. She might. Yeah. Where does she live? Los Angeles County. Or she was born in L.A. Oh, she'll be moving here soon. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's send her some listings. Let's put her in touch with Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Becky, if you're out there, if you need a realtor in Austin, we've got a guy. Oh, is that Chris Jensen? Does he sell real estate? Yeah, too? yeah, he's uh, he's got he's he's selling real estate. Is there anything that guy doesn't do? Unbelievable, <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like I'm a jack of all trades. I mean, I, they they all make me feel lazy. Yeah. Um, we love you, Chris and Lisa. Yeah, and Ruby and and Becky and Mason. No, Maze. Maze. Mason is a uh, Jessica's kid. Yes. Um. So, what about those tornadoes? Uh, they, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm sorry to anybody who had to experience them, but I'm, I'm thankful that they all stayed north of here. Did you see the, the red Chevy pickup get? Blown yeah. along the highway and yeah. then land upright and drive yeah. away. And they've talked to that kid on the local news the last couple nights. Yeah. He's like, I was coming back from an interview at Whataburger and that happened to me and I'm just blessed and glad to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, How exciting. I think they hired him at Whataburger and I think somebody was ponying up to get him a new truck and like terrifying and horrible. Sure. 16 year old kid. But also really Rainer exciting. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he was, he was not only, he not only survived a tornado, he was in a viral video and now he's on the news. Everything's. Everything's coming up that kid. Coming up that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, well, I guess for those not in the area, uh, Austin experienced a severe weather episode. Phenomenon. Yeah. Recently. That was just this week, right? Yeah. What, what, what Tuesday night. Yeah. No way. Was was that just this week? It definitely was this week. Okay. Yes. Um, and it wasn't Wednesday because I was trivia night. So it was yeah. either Monday or Tuesday. We had trivia night outdoors, which we wouldn't have done if there was torrential rain. Yeah. <laughs> Tornadoes. Um, it was Monday. Um, Monday. You heard it here. That is, you know, <clears throat> pretty unusual, but becoming more and more common. Severe weather events. There's the video of uh, 
the Walmart parking lot. Have you seen that one? No. Where it's right there at where 45 and I-35 are, and it's like mm-hmm. Hester's Crossing. There's a Walmart there, and you can see the tornado at the like, corner of the parking lot. And Gosh. people are like getting out. They they people, Some people had gotten in their cars, and they're like getting out of their cars and running back inside. And there's a guy at the door going, run, run, get inside, get inside. Yeah, you, know, you want to be inside, not outside. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. And Amy's comment was, what were those people doing at Walmart? Did they not know that there was storms coming? But it really <laughs> happened very fast. It was like, fast, yeah. It came up on us. There were storms coming, but we didn't know there were tornadoes. Like, they don't happen very often here. Yeah. This isn't Lubbock. It's not Lubbock. Tornadoes, tornado do, tornadoes do need like a little bit of a a flat space. For all the coalesce. talk of you know, Lubbock being subject to tornadoes, how many did you experience in your lifetime? Like I saw a couple tornadoes way off in the distance when yeah. I was younger. Maybe, yeah. But nothing close. Yeah. I never heard of tornadoes. The old timers would talk about how it sounds like train a train. Uh huh. Um, no. Actually, I think in New York, I was closer to a tornado once than I ever was in Lubbock. That's the most New York story that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everything happens in New York. <laughs> uh, it was crazy. Like it was like in the sky turned green that night. Uh-huh. It was the wildest thing. Like it was the sun was setting. Usually that would be an orange to pink affair. Like it was like it's color of a greenish purple bruise, and like you could just tell something was going to happen. And some tornado, like some tornadoes wrecked Northern Jersey. And uh, were you in the West Village? Yeah. Uh huh. And you were looking to the west. Uh huh. Yeah. Hmm. It was right in the evening time. Yeah, these storms came through. It was just nuts. Hmm. Also, the only place that I've ever seen a bald eagle in the wild was in New York City. It was I was at a park Stop. in Staten Island. And I Stop. Saw it. it was in my. It was <laughs> on its winged migration way up. <laughs> okay okay I, I we get it also counterintuitive new york is amazing it's better than anything everybody knows it. <laughs> speaking of new york that's where i met my good buddy alex battles we're gonna have to call him are we gonna, the, call, are we gonna call him in just a second on the phone here shortly. Wait, i just wanted to say about the afteration though that it's making me want to reconnect with like everybody I've ever met. Yeah, you know? I hear you. I, I like. I want to reach. I think about somebody. I just haven't seen people in the flesh in so long, and when I do, it's so great. And I just want to like call people up and meet up and see people. That's, All kinds of people. Honestly, people like, on the West Coast, people on the East Coast, people in Mexico. And I feel like some of the like some of the mental issues I've been struggling with over the last three years have been lifting. Like I feel generally happier, you know, in the last month or two than I have. In so three you're years. so wait, you're saying <laughs> that total isolation <laughs> was bad for you? Apparently, it was. I know it's counterintuitive. Do you consider yourself? <laughs> a, like, let me ask you. And I don't know if we've ever talked about this. In the dark, do, you, do you consider staring yourself staring at shitty television? <laughs> do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? 
Not and I, I understand that there's a spectrum betwixt. Yeah, I think I'm pretty. I'm. I've always classified myself as an extrovert. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, not me. But, I'm kind of an introvert. Well, there's the whole thing where, like, they say it's about when you recharge, and I recharge by myself. So it's kind of you know that's the flip side of that. But I think that's the thing is like if if you get your yayas with a lot of people, you you have, still have to have the other side too, or you're going to go insane, right? Yeah. I, I'm somebody who perf- likes to be alone, really even prefers to be alone. But I will say that I do. When I go out and I'm with people. I like to talk to strangers a lot, too. I just, I find it interesting and exciting. And, you know, there's a way of, like, it's a way of expanding yourself as a human, you know, is to meet new people. And I mean, making your living as a bar owner, a barkeep all these years, it's, uh, you know, how many people have you talked to? Yeah, I have talked to a lot of people. (laughs) So... Yeah, well, I'm glad to hear that some clouds are lifting. Yeah, I think it, I think that's true. Do you feel like the the podcast got you through this difficult it, time? It, it definitely did. <laughs> you know, and we started. Uh, like, I feel bad for the listeners because we started when we were at the like we were at the bottom of it, right? <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's like started from the bottom. Now we podcast. Yeah, start now my whole team podcast. Now my whole team here. Uh, speaking of our team, I hope that Alex is going to be able to hear us over the din. <laughs> you got to stop. Have to tell him, please record your Oops. message. When you finish recording, you may. <laughs> But, like, when we're not focusing on it, do you forget about it? <laughs> no, you don't. Alex is going to help us with the last couple of segments, too. Uh, There's this... We've got some sports talk. we got a segment coming up. Sports talk. Uh, my exciting news for you, Alex. I mean, sorry, Matthew. Oh. I don't think we have Alex yet. Hello. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Babbles. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, Alex. Hello. Um, Matthew. <laughs> it's it's me, Matthew. I just called Matthew Alex. <laughs> uh, it's, one of those, it's one of those days. I was just about to drop some uh, exciting news on Matthew and the audience, so I'm glad you're here, Alex. Uh, oh, great. I received official confirmation that uh, Ada Lamone will be using one of my poems in this season of The Slowdown. Oh, that's exciting news. So, the big deal is now... I am officially imaginary colleagues with Luke and Andrew of TBTL because they're both on American public media. Whoa. Yeah. And Ada's got a, a Ada's got, <laughs> wait, catch me up. Uh, American public, <laughs> 
American Public Media has a podcast called The Slowdown. It was started by Tracy K. Smith. Okay. And she would read a poem five five days a week, would read a poem a day and oh. reflect on it a little bit. Oh. And uh, just like a short five-minute thing. Oh, okay. Uh, just the one poem and a brief reflection. And so, you know, you can... You can either listen to, you know, 20 of them at once, and that's that's a nice way to do it, or you can just have a brief moment every day where you listen to a poem. It's really great. Tracy K. Smith did it a couple of years. She let go of the wheel, so Ada Lamone took over. I see. And uh, she's going to be using one of my poems. Oh, fantastic. But, uh, yeah, so but the production company, American Public Media, is also right. the uh, same company. Two Beautiful to Live's production company. You so. guys are colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited. I haven't I haven't uh, sent them a note yet, but I'm really excited to tell them to. I'm sorry that I made you explain that whole thing over again. I uh, think I think it'll behoove the listener yeah, too. Also, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to make uh, Alex chuckle so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, how are you? What are you doing? Um. Well, uh, what am I doing right now? Well, I was uh, I was actually preparing the questions that I thought I might receive on the show. <laughs> oh, good, good. Uh, um, finally, I guess, with some what preparation. T- what town are you in, Alex? <sighs> I mean, finally. I mean, you're forgetting, <laughs> you're forgetting Lori's encyclopedic knowledge of... Um, well, yeah, she, but she didn't do any prep. She just naturally... Yeah, I mean, yeah, most, everybody you're just right, comes on the show. Nobody, no prep. Yeah. nobody the preps. Goat, the goat has work. town are you in, Alex? Um, I'm I'm in a little town in Ohio, outside of outside of uh, Cleveland. <laughs> Alex, did you hear Sean Welsh call you out for being uh, from the suburbs, and that he was a real um, downtown Cleveland boy? Wait, he's wait, is he, he's claiming downtown Cleveland, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Did you listen to the Sean Welsh episode? No, I'm reading his book. I mean, I feel like that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> I bought his book. It's. I'm really. I, I'm really loving it. It's. It's awesome. Um, it's like you know. But you know, it's. I don't want to go too far. You know, just reviewing a book that I'm a third of the way through. But man, <laughs> I, I, I. I've been. I've been trying. I've been having a hard time getting into any books lately. I, I've been like a. Like a like a like a non reading guy, and I used to I used to be Mister Reading Guy, and I I don't know, and and I got I, I was like I was like Sean Welsh will uh, he'll steer me to the right direction. Yeah, well, all right, so fine. I'm from further away from the center of Cleveland than Sean Welsh, but he's like a Yankee fan. So I mean, why is he claiming? <laughs> well, he told the whole story about the Yankees from Cleveland. When he's like, he's like Mr. Jetson Rangers over here, G-Man. I don't know what he's doing. And I love him. I get it. You know, he's like, you know, it's a town full of losers. I'm pulling out of there to win. Bruce Springsteen, you know. I get it. I wish I could be him. You know, I wish I could be him. I wish I could write like him, you know. But like, he's claiming to be more from Cleveland than me. I mean, okay. Okay, Wait, wait, Alex. Alex, let me just let you know that he... He spoke of you in the most glowing of terms and, and well, really I shouted you out. Of on, on, course, I just, just I just want to I just don't want you to be clear. Well, like, all right, he, he's got I mean, nothing yeah, but I'm love just, for you. 
His... I, I, I have I have a huge love for Sean. I just you know I I, I, I can't I I can't fathom a guy from this town who just who just goes Yankee. I just it's so bizarre to me. He, he told us he told a story about this going to the stadium. Him, you know his eyes are like fucking cold. Those guys. You know he's just he's unbelievable. But I I, lo- I love him so much. But I, I, I gotta razz him a little, you know, a little. What's the guy? I, J- Jimmy the what? Thing. Jimmy the Rip. He, he told a story about going to uh, the steakhouse in Yankee Stadium with Jimmy the Rip. Oh wow! Well, I'll have to check. <laughs> you that gotta out. listen to it. Yeah. Well, good. I, I'm glad we're doing some some backward promotion for the show. <laughs> yeah. Important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we we had we had to cut out some references I made to Ma- the Manhattan Mafia. I if, you know I've been on this show four minutes and I've already cursed, so we're <laughs> off to a blazing start. Don't make me do any editing, Alex. Please. <laughs> oh um, my God, make me make you? Are you kidding me? I don't even. Okay, go ahead. Um, let's not let's not go let's go forward as we go backward. So let's let's get to the business at hand, and then I want you to stick around for the last couple of segments here. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'm 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 in for a penny, in for a pound. Good. Good. Schaefer wants to talk to you. Oh, oh wait. Oh, sorry. We got a segment coming up. It's it's talking sports with Alex. <laughs> <laughs> See, Talking sports with Alex. Alex, Battles. I got. I just got to tell you, I'm. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry okay. for. I'm sorry for what my football team did to your football team. And uh, out there, out there in one magical nation, here's uh, here's what happened. Uh, there is a problematic quarterback for the Houston Texans, and the Houston Texans, my they had completely alienated my brother and I, right? For the last two years, we have literally not been watching and not been rooting for the Houston Texans because they've driven off all their best players. Their uh, their management is is openly racist, and the few good players that they still have all have like these uh, these civil and criminal rap sheets, you know, longer than their arms. And it's really just like it became impossible. You know, we were not rooting for them at all, uh, and that, that's not. It started out as a joke, but then it turned into not a joke, and uh, and now we've we've hired a, we've hired to do this dude uh, Casario GM who is not a, you know at least at least doesn't have like open proof to being a total racist piece of shit, and he's he's working on stuff, and we got rid of our quarterback Deshaun Watson. He's the guy who has these like you know. Uh, Twenty-two uh, sexual assault allegations. Twenty. Whoa! Whoa. I, I, I mean, some of them got to be real. Oh, you, you know, you like, think, yeah, they, twenty-two you know, you of them. Uh, yeah, but if yeah, the of course. Pattern if, of troubling behavior. If you have one of them, it could be real too. Of course, right? But, uh, <laughs> we. I'm not saying every allegation is we spurious. We got to. We sent so we sent Deshaun Watson to the Browns. I texted Alex today. I was like, "I'm sorry for the social disease that my team gave your team." Mm. Like, uh, yeah, it feels like yeah. we gave you guys no. an STD or something. No. I, I, God bless you, Shape, but no, this it, it's the, 
it was already broken, pal. You know, <laughs> it was already broken on this end. Like this was before your before your man there got involved, right? Um, but it, like it seemed like things were going like just a year ago. It seemed like things were going yeah. so well for the Browns. You know, like uh, Andrew from TBTL is another Browns fan. He was right. so excited. Baker Mayfield was playing well. Like. You know, for the right. first time, you know, they, they, you know, they really seemed like you'd start a season with a legitimate reason to think they would make the playoffs. Right. And then just like a year later, Baker Mayfield's dying to leave. Uh, you after know, all those you guys are onboarding criminals. After all like, those insurance ads, too. Or wait, what, what was that at home with Baker? Yeah, those are the all, yeah, all state or something. Yeah, I mean, how, how are you going to do all that? Sorry. And then just. That, Anyways, that was your house. It's really sad, Alex. I'm sorry. I know. I know that you know. I know that the Browns administration has left much to be desired. Yeah, I mean, this is anyway. But yeah, this is look. This is unconscionable. <laughs> I can tell you, Alex. I can tell you who I know is a good person, and it's Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson has gone to the Denver Broncos. So I've just decided that I'm a Denver Broncos fan this year. Oh, my God. I'm just going to. I know it's horrible. I'm going to find legitimately yeah. good people, and I'm going to root for them regardless of the team. Because when you think about yeah. a team's stupid, anyway, that's kind of just jingoism. That's, oh, my right. my city's yeah. better than your city. That's a stupid way to think about things anyway. That's how wars get started. Right. And we just uh, find, allegiances, old allegiances. We just find the, the nice, the long-haired hippies. Uh, at least the soul, the those t the the guys who have the soul of the long-haired hippie uh, Jesus figures, uh, and just follow them around to whatever town they go to. If that's what you're into in a person, <laughs> which I am, like, but maybe you're into like uh, I'm into the I'm into the Chris Christopherson Jesus. Maybe you're into like a pretty boy, like kind of a loose elitist kind of guy, <laughs> and then you might root for the goat Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, but you, you know, you and I, Roger, at least Tom Brady doesn't have twenty-two sexual assault charges against him. That's true. You know, yeah, true. I don't know what else. You know, like what they they saw Trump had in his locker room once. You know, I. <laughs> I mean, I. Which, I mean, I don't. No, don't get me wrong. I don't have a Trump hat in any of my lockers. I think he's got know. twenty-two allegations on Trump hats yeah. for sure. All right, let's let's bring it back to the Browns. I really okay. don't care. All right, all right, all right, all right. Sorry, all sorry, right. sorry. Sorry, All thanks, right. Alex. That's that's why we bring you on the show. Give well, us, I mean, get us know, back in line. I don't know what you're doing, and it's fine. I love you for it. So you know about Tom Brady, man, um, Maga. <laughs> yeah, you know, look, no, it's good you brought him up because because that, you know that's that's everybody's. You know, he's obviously proved himself. Uh, uh, more times over than anybody. Um, I, I was just bringing it up those. because Schaefer was talking about like rooting for a personality. And right. I was yeah. just saying that like, there's also like, we're putting, we're placing a value on not having many, many, many sexual assault allegations. And, right. um, you know, you well, could, it depends on what you like as a person, as somebody my, who you might root for. See, this the thing. It's my problem with the Browns started before 
you long, were born? Long, long before um, they made this move. Um, and I think uh, your friend over at American Public Media may agree with me. I think you should have him on next and ask him. But, you know, the, the Browns started out, they were three, they won three in a row. They dropped their first one, they were three. They won three in a row. They were looking pretty good, right? Mayfield got one injury to his non-throwing shoulder, and then he re-injured it again. Um, in, I believe, week... Uh, yeah, week... Okay. In week six, he injured his shoulder. In week seven, um, I believe the backup started. And they won that game. They ran the hell out of the ball. Um, they found a new running back who uh, was on their team, obviously. But then all of a sudden, they, um, you know, they, 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 like their third string guy was just as good as their first and second string. It was amazing. God bless. Um, then, uh, then the next week, Baker came back. Now, when Baker went out. It seemed like he was going to be out for a few weeks. It didn't seem like he was just going to be out for a week. It seemed like, you know, he was going to be out a few weeks. He came back, and then the next week was a disappointing loss, I think, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, traditionally... Steelers games is when bad things happen. Um, generally, um, and you know, mind you, I we beat. I'm pretty sure we beat the Bengals twice this year. Yeah, is that right? Um, wow. Yeah, and they went to the Super Bowl, so you know, hmm. not for nothing. Um, oh, you know, Odell wanted to get off the team. Oh, and, and then he went and won the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he, you know, he went to the Super Bowl, and, that, and that's fine. You know, the thing was, the three people who went to Houston to go get the new quarterback, all three of them were in a position to put Baker Mayfield on the injured list when he was injured for the whole damn season. They had a healthy, solid backup that they could have used. Now, I don't know what Beckham's life is like, but I think he's going, why do, why won't, you know, why do they keep playing this guy? Meanwhile, I, I don't blame Baker Mayfield because his job is playing football. And if you're going to go, hey, can you go play football? Well, that's how athletes are. They go, yeah, I can go, I can go, man, I can go. And that's how they are, you know? Just like All us with the podcast. These guys, the entire season, this guy is so obviously injured. And then in week 11, they played the Detroit Lions and they win 13 to 10. And it was an ugly, ugly game. I remember just that ugly. game. That was just, just game. ugly. They won, and Mayfield was so mad at himself after the game that he just walked off the field, even though they'd won. Now, you have given the entire administration more than enough reason to give you a game off. You know, 
And yet, these three clowns, Barry Stefanski and Haslam, because that's the power structure there. They got a GM, they got a coach, and they got an owner. There's nobody else making calls, you know. Those three guys just kept going. And then what happens the last week of the season, the entire season's lost, then they're like, okay, Baker's going to get surgery now. Well, great, fine. You guys obviously screwed up, all right? Baker Mayfield did nothing but go out and play his damn heart out every week for this team. He gave everything he could. Did he make some bad plays? Sure. Was he injured? Yes. You know, that's it. Plain and simple. And all I hear on the damn sports talk radio in this town is people saying Baker bros, Baker, like literally like, oh, really? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to denigrate me for cheering for a guy who's busting his ass for this, this town and this football team, you know, like it's, it's, it was the, I, I literally heard one person say, um, how come nobody's complaining about the Browns? for just not putting him on the injured list, letting the backup play, you know? And then they go out to cover their ass and just like, oh, yeah, we obviously need a new quarterback. No, we need a new owner, GM, and coach. Here, here. That <laughs> That's the exact Plain same position simple. we were in in, in Houston. The Cowboys need that, my too. Dad, my dad said to me yesterday, he's looking up, he's looking up the, he's looking at the paper, and he goes, he goes, so we got this dirt bag, huh? And I said, yeah, yeah, that's what we got, Dad. I said, if I were if, if I were a saucy, if I were a saucy millionaire, which we all wish I were, you know, true, I would I would buy a billboard on I ninety, and I would put Stefanski, Barry, and Haslam, and I write no thank you under it. You know, <laughs> I I turned on ESPN today. And they they got the, the press conference introducing this guy, you know. And there's Barry sitting there going, and I, I, there was one question. I watched one question. That's all I needed, you know. And the reporter says, "What about these allegations?" And he is sitting there with this deer in the headlights look. Very competent guy. Don't get me wrong. Went to Harvard or something. I don't know. You know. I'm sure he's great at his job. Except he's obviously not. He's obviously not great at his job. You know? Because he can't take an injured quarterback and play a healthy quarterback. And neither can apparently anybody else in the organization. And his answer was, well, we looked at the allegations and we decided there was nothing to them and we weren't worried about them. Oh, good. A football team looked at the allegations and decided there was an foot. Yes, yes, yes. Legally, yes, a football team has ruled. I, thank God. And I'm sitting there going, okay, thank you. And I switched the channel and I watched F1 practice, you know? Alex. That's how much I care about the Cleveland Browns anymore, all right? They own this stupid town. Everybody bows down to them. They are like this... Like you said, oh, I'm sorry, my my team gave your team a social disease, you know. No, the Browns are a social disease, okay. <laughs> they are oh, the man. disease of this oh, town. The, the Indians slash Guardians can be in first place 
I don't know. This is this is nationwide. You know, I know nobody likes baseball anymore because it takes too long. And everybody's <laughs> in, whatever. Okay, fine. I still like know? baseball. <laughs> Uh, well, you have you write poetry, Schaefer. Like you're, you're an authority. <laughs> right. Yeah, poet, you know? poets always love. Alex, baseball. I have a thought experiment for you. Where, where do we think Baker's going to end up? Are we going to become a fan of that team? Yeah, a hundred percent. You know, Roethlisberger retired. Maybe a maybe the Steelers could hire Baker, and then I'd totally root for the Steelers after that. I like Baker. He Speak, would. He played. For, of, he played for Tech before he went to OU. Speaking of people with people with like, sexual allegations yeah. who made me hate their team, I used to like rooting for the Steelers, but Roethlisberger yes. kind of ruined that yeah, for me. Exactly. He got a little rapey. It literally. I mean, literally, like that's what happened to me the next day. I woke up the day after, and I, I think I may have told you this story, but you know. Somebody came to our farm once looking for a Christmas tree, and my cousin was standing next to me, and I just kind of answered the guy in monosyllabic grunts. And the guy walked away, and my cousin was like, why are we so mean to that guy? I was like, why was he wearing a Steelers hat on my farm? <laughs> okay. Like, I'm sorry, like, I... Who do, you, who do you think you are? Go to Pennsylvania if you need a tree, pal. Like, you know, that's how I feel about the Steelers. Yet, I have seen the Steelers because they have an excellent football infrastructure. I have seen them be very successful. And I literally woke up the day after the Browns pulled this shenanigans. And I put on a black and gold flannel shirt because I was like, well, I guess I got to root for the Steelers. <laughs> How far is Cleveland from Pittsburgh? Uh, I feel like it's like three and a half hours. Oh, it's Cincinnati that's right next to Pittsburgh then. No. No? No. I thought no, Cincinnati, since it, it goes Ohio like on a diagonal, like going from the northeast to the southwest of the state, it, there's in a line sort of is Cleveland's on the northeast. Columbus is in the middle, and uh, Cincinnati's in the southwest oh, corner. Um, Cincinnati and uh, Pittsburgh share the river. Gotcha. Um, the Ohio River begins in Pittsburgh when the, I don't know, is it the Susquehanna and the Monongahela? Three River Stadium is where two rivers become one, and it's right at the, the, uh, the meeting of those two rivers. So, yeah. I mean, do I like football enough to root for the Steelers? Probably not. If Baker goes there, I might. You know, I don't think I'm going to buy any gear or anything. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not going to go out of my way. I think it's going to be fine because it's going to be like you know, when you know when the Browns didn't exist for three years or however long it was. Like it was. I was like, oh, look at all this time I have. You know, I don't. I don't have to watch football. It's this is great, you know? So now it's just, I'm just like a man without a team again. It's like, oh, okay, great, you know, good luck. I don't care, you know? Guy plays your heart out for you, and you just, like, you think this is going to fix it? Okay, good luck to you, you know? <laughs> Even if it does fix it, I don't care, you know? I just don't care. I love sporting so, angst. I, I love the painful stuff that our teams make us feel 
I can yeah, hear I can hear it in your voice. Nice. Yeah, well, I mean, you had a tough season with the Longhorns this year, right? Tough I mean, season with the Longhorns, all the all the pain of the Romo years with the Cowboys, you know. <laughs> and then, yeah, the Cowboys had a they kind of they kind of they crumbled. They crumbled a little. I was I was they so, were they were streaky all season. They they have, they yeah. were on and they were off and you know yeah what, whatever whatever it's sports it's you know it's what we love it's you know yeah. if your team is like always dominant like it's do y'all think Brian Benitez is still listening you think he tuned out <laughs> just just because just because of uh, we can talk about racing games just because of back yeah <laughs> or music sports. of course talking sports with Alex Battles uh, I was gonna say do we do we want to check in on guys I was wondering this the other day. Is this the maddest march in the history of March Madness? You know, there's we're down to the Elite Eight, and there's only one number one seed left. There's right. also a 15 seed, okay, and a handful of 10s and 11s. I, I is it this is wow. all this is all news to me. Is it because... the maddest march ever? Right. Uh, <laughs> the maddest march I ever had was when I did went on the ayahuasca thing. The maddest March America. Madness. Um, Did you really try ayahuasca? No, no. I mean, I want. I I plan to. I now hear March is the best month for it. But we should. Uh, we should do a with our executive producers. We should do a a retreat, a one magical hour retreat. Do ayahuasca. Record several episodes. I know. I know some people. It. I know some people who shocker. I know some people who like lead, guide that. You know kind of scene so uh but um speaking of jacks of all trades yeah no i don't know about the basketball shafey like uh, it's always the basketball is always a little mysterious to me i it's the it's one of the most mysterious marches you should uh you should do a bracket one year it really makes, makes yeah i never all, do the bracket it's all in perspective okay uh I, I was slow getting the front page brackets out, so Tito, TJ, Jason, and I are the only people who filled oh, it out in time. Oh, so that's this, right. The, the the I got an email like the only four night of us. before. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, which I mean, is is interesting because, like I say, it's been the weirdest ever. So like, n- none of us are out of it by any means. And uh, but everybody's bracket's broken, right? Everybody's bracket is busted. Yeah. Uh, Alex and Brian Benitez, I have a question for you guys. Have you guys listened to the podcast Cocaine and Rhinestones? Yeah, I listened to the uh, I listened to the Doug and Rusty Kershaw episode. I uh, listened to that one. Uh, it's it's done. It's David Onko's son, Tyler Co. Yeah. Okay, and he is so smart and well spoken, and uh, he does just deep dives on the it's the stories that you've always heard about country music, but he kind of tries to get at the truth to him. But he also has just great technical knowledge about the production and performance of country music. So he dives into there too. So yeah, he, he was in his dad. He ran, he was his dad's band leader for a while. See, I didn't realize that. That's super cool. Did um, you know that, did you know, this is, this is almost too silly to say, but word sensor. Did you know that, that there was a, there was a time when people are talking about bringing David Allen Coe to 
Brooklyn and having me open for it. I remember that. I was actually telling yeah. uh, the guys at the poker table yeah. last night. I was telling them about that. How I how the writer to, how I the writer said uh, the writer said security must be provided. There will be bikers. <laughs> yeah, I I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it because I, I mean he had been he had been so outspokenly racist. I was like, I was like, I don't, I I can't, I I I, I couldn't stand in front of that guy. Yeah. You know? I, I I couldn't promote. I mean, I know the show would have done great. He, his fans are myriad, and I know I've covered, you know, that one song that Steve Goodman and John Prine wrote that he made a hit out of. Yeah. But. I just I couldn't do it, but the better one was when <laughs> was when Kyle Turley had a country band. Remember that? Who's Kyle Turley? Wasn't he like a linebacker for the New Orleans Saints? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know that. <clears throat> the Hanks? There was a linebacker for the Saints who had a country band, and somebody was trying to get me to. They're like, "Should we book this guy? Maybe, maybe you could open for him." And I was like. I, I, I don't know if I have time for that, really. So, but yeah, those are those are my two woulda, coulda shows. But yeah, no, that that cocaine and rhinestones. Enough about enough about me. Um, it's that so good. really good. The first that season really good. I didn't I didn't know that 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 my favorite Neil Young album on the beach was really kind of because of the of the fiddle player who's on it, which is Rusty Kershaw apparently. I'd heard the stories, but I never put the whole thing together and that that was pretty amazing that those guys were so so influential. But yeah, that's a good show. The first season is uh is anthology style, so it's kind of a different story every episode. But the second season is 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 all George Jones, but it's right. George Jones in the context of the history of country music. So right. the he does two full episodes just deep diving on what the Nashville sound is, why people say what they say about it, you know, why right. people think Ch Chet Atkins oh, ruined country music, even though country music was just fine with or without Chet, Chet Atkins. And uh turns out that everything that you think of as the Nashville sound is all, all came from Owen Bradley and his productions. Um, okay. And, uh, and that's so he's it's it's the George Jones season, but he hasn't even gotten to George Jones yet because of just all this technical stuff. And then you learn like, like, oh, why, you know, why the electric guitar changed things, you know, and why, uh, why and how, you know, the telecaster, why the Bakersfield sound is the way it is. And the, the Bakersfield sound was these bands playing these honky tonks in Bakersfield. And they had to be loud and loud enough to uh, to Drown be heard over the drunks, and so right. they went into the studio trying to create recreate that that loud twangy stuff, you know, in the in a quiet environment. And then the Nash they were talking about the Nashville sound was you know basically people in the studio being able to do whatever they want. You can bring a you can bring an or an entire friggin' orchestra in if you want, right. and a, a full chorus gospel chorus. Um, but right. then you can't tour with those people. So then, like, they go out on tour, and you, there's no way you're ever going to hear the Nashville sound live because it's just prohibitively right. expensive. Mm -hmm. So just really super interesting stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, really, you know, well thought out. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I always blame I always blame it on 
know, I was blaming on Willie Nelson. So especially for Brian, um, <laughs> blame just, it on just because, blame just it on because Willie, Willie Nelson. Nelson knew jazz chords, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian, you, know, like, you you go from your cheating heart, which has four chords and anybody can play, to crazy, which you know you you got to go to the Berkeley School of Music. To play <laughs> you know, like I, I I I know he's a national treasure and. It's great, but as, as soon as as soon as that many chords enter country music, it changed irrevocably. Yeah. Well. It, yeah. But uh, that's okay. I mean, they were they were there already, probably from Western swing. I don't know anything about country music. I just like it. You know, I just like the songs I like. And I like "Girl on the Billboard" by Del Reeves. You ever hear that song? Tyler Coe does a really good job of contextualizing. You know, kind of pointing out that even genres, you know. Uh, pop, country, whatever—they're—they're they're all, you know, they're all arbitrary. They're—they're they're construct, right? So they're—they're they're all yeah, fluid. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. And he, he does a really good job of pointing that out and, and you know, expressing it, you know, in with with the vocabulary to really help you understand it. Yeah, um, God bless him, man. Brian Benitez just got a Telecaster, so he definitely should listen to the Baker Bakersfield Sound uh, episode. Oh, sure. And, uh, so are you telling me that the only person who listens to the show anymore is Brian? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's where I'm going. Yep. With all this. We're just, we're that's just narrow casting. <laughs> yep. Yep. This is the <laughs> Brian no. Benitez, I hope you like poetry. The is going to be on the slowdown. And it's good. You got to know your audience. We know that guy. I actually, uh, I actually looked at the numbers for the first time in a while. We're still hovering at about 100 listeners. Which I think is cool. That's awesome. Um, that's plenty for me. Okay. That's solid. Yeah. yeah. That's super solid. No, I just heard. I just we heard, could use a two hundred would be great. <laughs> I heard Marin say in an interview that his first hundred episodes were just him going through his divorce. So. You know. <laughs> Who said that? Mark Marin. Oh yeah. Marin. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a good uh, hey I can do I can do an avocado review for you. Uh, the comedy the comedy store documentary on Showtime. Oh, uh, yeah, I've actually been meaning to watch that. That does look good. That I, sounds good. I would give it seven avocados. You know. All okay. right, that's seven yeah. of eight for those who don't know. Yeah, seven out of I would I would I would go seven on that. It was it was it was solid fun. I got a lot of cleaning done to that that sucker. You know, a lot of info about comedy, which is, you know, which is such a mystical world, I guess. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've got it figured out. Have you guys? Oh, yeah, you guys are on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's that, yeah. it's like golf. It's easy, you know. Speaking of which, where's the robot? Have you guys heard? I mean, the robot's been here this whole time. You haven't been hearing it, man. Have you guys heard about this lady, uh, this lady at the cinema in California? Who, uh, the cinema? She, yeah. There was an episode, it was a showing of The Lost City, that movie with, I'm super excited about with, uh, Sandra Bullock and Channing, Channing Tatum. Uh, it's, it's yeah. kind of a re- oh, yeah. retelling of the Romancing the Stone story. Oh, is it? I think so. That's how it looks. Oh, uh, I love romancing this. Yeah, movie. I'm super excited about this movie. Anyway, there was a showing in Southern California. The uh, 
projector broke down, and this lady who was a stand-up comic and psychic stood stood up and started doing her stand-up, and and went viral. Uh, and uh, anyway, TVTO was covering the story, and it caused them to talk a lot about what stand-up comedy is, why people do it, and you know, it's really interesting thing is because it is. It is a brutal, brutal medium, you know. Oh, you can't. Yeah. You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta have a lot. You gotta have thick skin. You gotta be ready to fail and fail again, yeah. fail again. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how. I don't know how people do it. Like I've, I've tried. I've tried to write stand-up comedy jokes. I, I can't do it. Um, yeah. I, you know, but I. Yeah, I, yeah, I tried. To, I tried to do it once, and I and I was not good. You know, it was. But you guys are not Matthew. Too, you guys have actually stood up in front of an audience, yeah. Tonight, right? Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like I've tried yeah, to write in the. Done it more than I have. I think you know. I've tried to do it hiding out in my own home, just write it. You know, and like I didn't know then, like I, I didn't have it. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I think to me the biggest takeaway of this. Uh, of the of the show, I mean, I think you could do it, Schaefer. I think you could easily do it. I mean, um, for me, like you know, you you get you take one or two things away from something. You know, um, to, apparently, Chris Rock's brother Tony Rock is also a su- successful stand-up comedian, although obviously not as well known. Balderdash. Um, Balderdash. <laughs> um, Name popular board games. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and he—I've uh, never heard of Tony Rock. Is that what you said? I think he—I think his name's Tony. But anyway, he said, you know, the first time he went out the store, he—he he killed, you know. And he called his brother, and he said, "Oh, that's great, good job." And then he, you know, the next night he went on, he killed again, and he called his brother, and he says, "Yeah, I, I killed again, man. I'm really doing good." And his brother said, uh, "Do you do the same material?" He says, "Yeah." And he says, uh, "Well, well, call me when you bomb, you know." And um, because it's all about what you write, you know. Yeah. Like- it's it's, a, it's all about it's all about writing and failing and and um, you know, I. You know, I, I always say I wish I I wish I'd seen that movie Jerry Seinfeld comedian before I ever got on a stage because I might have then I might have kind of understood stand up a little better than I did. Yeah, that was front. super. Or did you see the Joan Rivers documentary? No, I want to see that one. Like too. her, she has a card catalog of all of her jokes alphabetized by subject. It's oh, awesome! Wow. Awesome to see. Have you, have you watched that 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 the, the HBO show Hacks? No. Oh, uh, it's it's kind of like based on a Joan type comedian, sort of, who like she's like a Vegas headliner. Oh, kind of, sorry. Yes, I totally saw it. Yeah, that was a great show. I uh, yeah, that's literally my favorite show. When everybody's like, "Oh, I can't wait for this or this to come back," I'm like, oh, "I can't wait for ha- how about Hacks?" It's like this show. That's the show that I'm always trying to get people into. You know, like news radio. That's that that lady is such a good actress. She's amazing. Gene Smart. She popped up in that uh, Pennsylvania murder mystery show with uh, 
with uh, the lovely uh, the gal from Titanic, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. That's a that's yeah. that's a, I mean, if you can stomach, you know, uh, in movies where teenage kids get murdered, I can stomach it all. I I don't know. I I can't. <laughs> I can't stomach a lot of it. I can't I anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 got you got you got a better threshold, Matthew, than I do. But she's she's excellent in that movie too. That woman is a great actress. Yeah, Her, and the, the the younger woman who's on that show is 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 the daughter of Lorraine Newman of Saturday Night Live fame. Oh. And, huh. um, she, she's very good I like too. Lorraine Newman. Speaking of good comedy interviews, there's a great interview. Um, Dana Carvey and David Spade have a new podcast that's just about SNL. Um, oh, man. I, what the hell is it called? I don't know. Um, but the L- Lorraine Newman episode, I would say, is a... Uh, it's uh, That's that's a good episode because she talks about the, the early years of uh, SNL. That's fin- pretty cool. Uh, finally, I'm hearing of a podcast that I would like to listen to. Adam, yeah. what, Adam was telling yeah, me about would, that. I think you would like it, although it's getting so popular, it seems to be all ads at this point. Yeah, right? yeah. crap. The first just, two just like this show. like only two or three ads, and then, I don't know, it's just, it seems to have blown up a little bit. What the <laughs> hell is it called? I can't find it. Uh, Adam was telling me that there was one episode where apparently, uh, I guess Dana Carvey. I'm not sure which one. Which one of them was? Fly on the wall. It's called Fly on the Wall. One of them is obsessed with the movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and just like does like a pitch perfect impersonation of both Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Yeah. Uh, and he just apparently just did that for half an hour. It was quite hilarious. <laughs> just... Apparently, Pitt ran with those guys quite a bit. Oh, really? Like, Back in the day, yeah, I, it was like I don't know if it, it. I feel like it was Carvey. Carvey got a beach house, like when they, you know, when he was on the show, and like Brad Pitt like, would just Brad hang Pitt out. Was there. like their buddy. Like it was <clears> like <throat> this crew of people that would hang out. It was like the SNL guys and Brad Pitt. Uh-huh. Like he was just, uh- and they were all like. They were all bros with that dude. Brad Pitt, who is very funny when he wants to be. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, what were the other segments that we had? Uh, you know what? Up? They they seem um, uh, uh, <laughs> like. Yeah, it's uh, after like all we've been talking about some heavy stuff, and I've got some just like detritus. Just to talk yeah, about. Let's, 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 uh, are we already at an hour? I mean, I don't want to run over. Oh, Every oh you want it? Battled episode is like an hour. And a yeah, half it's like an hour and a half. Yeah, which is fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we we can talk about the segments that I had. Alex, yeah, let's do it. Let's okay. Go it. All right. All right. That's cool. <laughs> Yowls. Yowls. Alex, have you ever heard this turn of phrase? He was working like a Turk. No. Okay. Have you ever heard Honestly, that? I don't think I have. My heard. grandmother used to say this something about there. Amy's in the kitchen working like a Turk. 
You know, Matthew, as a general policy, we shouldn't necessarily say everything our grandmothers used to say. Yeah, I know, I know, but wait, wait for it, wait for it here, okay? Because th th this, yeah. this is going to play out just fine. I, I understand your concerns. <laughs> so I, I, you know, I did think this was just some racist old hoo ha that uh -huh. my, that that my grandmother would say from time to time, but I. But I took to the internets where you always find the truth. And um, it turns out that this is actually an Irish term. Wow. Working like a turd. Okay. Um, hold on. I'm on this. I'm on this page. This really. Um, this really. What's what does it say up there? Group.irishecho.com. Um, working like a turd. Oddly enough, this has nothing to do with a person hailing from the former Ottoman Empire. Hmm. Turk derives from the Irish word torque or wild boar. For centuries, torque has been used in Ireland as a term to describe a strong, temperamental man or a successful prize fighter, much like myself. Wow. In America, the word became Turk, and its meaning altered slightly to mean brawny laborer, hence the highly alliterative working like a Turk. Now, if this piece of journalism, and I'm using air quotes, Alex, uh, can be, can be, <laughs> if, if it can be um, believed at all, then finally, my grandmother wasn't saying a racist thing. <laughs> there you go. I mean, yeah, it does. I mean, it does. Honestly, it just sounds to me like it caught on because it rhymes, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it's just like a similar word, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. that that was the yield word shop that we had. I love that. I, I love I love working like a working, like, but it's a boar. A torque. Right? Working like a torque. Just say working like a wild boar. That's what everybody's saying these days. Working like a wild boar sounds like a lot of fun. Going after okay. snoring like a wild boar. <laughs> That's how Shakespeare does it. <laughs> I tell people I snore like a bear on Xanax. Shakespeare, <laughs> <laughs> remember when I met you and you got mad at me? Because I was like, I bet you, you're a big cup of water guy. I think I mean, you have you, a big cup of water by your bed, right? I think if you, every time that I reach over and have a slip of water <laughs> off the cup of water by my bed. <laughs> but I was like, what? Like, why is he, why is he classifying me that way? Yes, I do have water by my bed. But Does that seem strange? But why do I seem like a cup of water by the bed guy? <laughs> the fact that he said it was a big cup of water, I was like, all right, yeah, I drink a lot of water, dude. I'm a big fella. <laughs> Maybe it's just because you're always in a good mood, and I never drink enough water, and I'm always in a rotten mood. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's how I was reading it, I think. I don't yeah. know. I was, yeah, I mean, you also have that jock vibe too, you know. I do. <laughs> I do. I I realize that I do have that. It's it's not how you I think. That, of, it's not how I think of myself, but I know that I do. Yeah, no, you have that jock vibe. I mean, remember we used to say some <laughs> some people have to carry the water, and some people got to play on the line. Yeah. You play on the line, and I carry the water. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, Matthew's playing on the line. Matthew's, Matthew's definitely on the line. Matthew's, 
Matthew, didn't you play like a you know what? sport? Hey, you know what, man? I've had a, a lot of trouble in my life with people <laughs> not thinking that a jock can also be a Rastafarian hippie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, like what was your sport, though? Didn't you have well, a I did. You um, I, I mean, I played soccer young, and then I did uh-huh. some gymnastics you in did? junior okay. high. And, and wrestling? Then I, and then I did wrestling. Nice. And I, I and you know, the goes. football, you know, the football players would come and do wrestling after football season and they, they couldn't hack it. They would be puking. And then I went and did football for in the spring, like spring training with football. And it was boring. Uh, it was a lot of standing in lines. Yeah. You In football, you stand in a line and then it's your time and you hit your mark and you go, bah, 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 and then you're back standing in a line and wrestling's like, you know, constant motion. It's, it's the most, it's the original sport. It's mano y mano. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, you want to hear, this is my only wrestling story. My dad, at a certain <laughs> point, I, as a kid, he signs me up. He signs me up for wrestling, right? Cause he's like, I think cause he, cause you know, whatever. Cause I'm a wimpy kid who's always getting in fights. It's a terrible, it's a terrible combination, you know? So he's like, oh, this kid's got to learn how to defend himself. I'll sign up for wrestling, you know? And I'm like, wait, wait, what? You know, like, that was the last thing I thought of. But okay. So I got in there, and I just, I was just, I couldn't, I couldn't grasp any of what I was supposed to be doing, you know? And every every time I would get in a, in, in a match, you know, we would have matches, even though it was like sixth grade, like we would have wrestling matches and stuff. And I would lose every, every match, you know, not like just, it was just, I was just hopelessly whatever, you know, like part of the, the key to wrestling is your weight is supposed to be in your muscles, you know? <laughs> and, and yours is in your never, brain, that, your that brain power. Everywhere. That was never where I had it because I have this thing that I like snacks, you know. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever. Like, so it's just like me versus a guy with muscles, and I'm like, what am I doing here, you know? But the the one thing that I had on my side is that um, I was uh, I had I used to get nosebleeds all the time, you know, and I learned that. If you got a nosebleed, you were allowed to leave class, you know? And I would just get so bored sitting in class that I learned how to smack myself in the face and give myself a nosebleed. Like, within... I could just just do it. Like, I could probably do it right now. Um, It's a a podcast, though. People could just see it. I know. I know the spot. No, I mean, I was just thinking, like, if you guys had the, the video on, I could do, like, the Andrew WK cover for you. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm once again getting beat, you know? And this guy slams my head into the mat in exactly the way. And I'm like, son of a bitch, this guy just gave me a nosebleed. And I'm like, this is perfect. I was like, finally, I've got a defense, you know? So I, I'm like, okay. And I just start exhaling out my nose and spraying blood <laughs> all over the mat, right? And, and, and uh, the kid, like, jumps away. And, and the ref goes, two points, escape. And I was like, yes! 
That was the only wrestling match I ever won. I love that. That's my wrestling story. So once again, I have done something completely way less than you, and take up way more time talking. (laughs) It reminds me of it. That reminds me of the horned toad, which also sprays blood on its um, unsuspecting. Oh yeah, but out of its eyes, that's hardcore. It is the. It's the. Well, wait. Texas Christian mascot, right? I know. Ah. It's a little strange, right? Uh, that is, oh, that is a little strange. Uh, but I, I did want to say, though, that it's hard for people to believe that a jock can also be artistic, I think, you know, and which I don't, which I don't think is. Uh, Back in our day, anyway. Well, right? at, Do and, you think and, that's still true? Uh, maybe not, but I don't think those are at odds, but traditionally they sort of have been. It's like the the rigor of sport like somehow robs you of your free will and free thought. And I think that is true for football, po- American-style football possibly, but not so much with some other sports like European-style football. You know, it's, it's human nature to classify things, and you should just always be careful doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like, like, anybody's, anybody's, how they're perceived is going to um, sometimes be incorrect, right? You know, like, people, people are going to look at you, and they're going to put you in their box that they want you in, and that's going to make them feel comfortable. All right, boys, I've got a poem here for you. It's, uh... From I was thinking today about my friend Sam Amadon, who wrote a really fantastic book all about growing up in Hartford, Connecticut. And uh, he, uh, it's interesting. It's it's the first book he ever he ever wrote, and it's he shopped it around a bunch, but uh, he never uh, he, he he wasn't able to find a publisher until. He had actually published two other books after that before he finally found uh, uh, someone to publish publish the Hartford book. And I'm trying to find uh, some poems here. It's a very well-reviewed... Oh, here we go. (laughs) Delightful. They're, They're just... Uh, their their narrative monologues. I told everyone I decided to move out to California where Kenny said he was living, but then I heard he was lying and still home, and I couldn't see why I shouldn't want to live in Hartford. So I moved in with him and his girlfriend three blocks away from the hospital where I was born and forgot I'd ever been anywhere else. Good old, good old, good old Sam Amadon, good old Hartford book. Uh, uh, my apologies to both you guys and Sam Amadon. I'm going to find a better. Was that the whole poem? <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> I, was doing the, I was doing the 50s finger snap beatnik poetry clapping. I'm trying to be dead. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I dropped the ball on that one. It's my bad. Uh, you did great. Anybody? Uh, anybody remember our uh, our sign off? Uh, the, the choices. The sweet of the wine. 
Play the stickers. Play some Alex Battles. Last Sunday on a lamppost I found a yellow handbill with your number It said apartment for rent Now my mind is filled with questions That will never be answered Girl, what happened since our love was Did you shack up? Did you crack up? Did you give up? Did you live up to your dreams? New York City. I still can't find that picture. One of me and you Under an umbrella on your birthday Maybe I burned it That sounds like something I'd do One morning I remember You gave me New York City now, my dear, I'm giving it back to you The room where we shot the lights out Will soon be a different color Who could live with walls so blue Did you shack up? Did you crack up? Did you give up? Did you live up to your dreams? New York City Did you shack up? Did you crack up? Did you give up? Did you live up to your dreams? New York City